0: Hello and welcome to Terrace Memoirs, uh, episode eight of my Her Game 2 series, uh, the latest delve into the life of a football supporter. If you don't know me by now, I'm Dave Harris, Reading fan of 32 years, season ticket holder of 22. um, And today's episode sees me talk to another female football fan in support of Her Game 2. This is the last of my Her Game 2 episodes that I have lined up. But I do hope that it won't be the last um, and the final one, should I say. Uh, And if anybody who's listening to this knows of any female fans who have a story to tell of support for um, their football club, um, I would be only too delighted uh, to help them tell their story. Uh, And in today's episode, we travel to the Midlands Premier League um, and no doubt uh, a little bit to the Premier League as well. Um, as I talk to a fan of both Worcester City and Manchester United. Um, and a fan who was referred to me by a mutual friend. Cheers, Malkey. Thumbs up to you, mate. Um, and uh, I'm only too pleased to have Millie Gaffibazzi on the show. How are you, Millie?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm very, very well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, looking forward to this one. Um, as I say, talking about a football club that I know precious little about. Um, so We're talking predominantly Worcester City. Before we get into that, though, um, just want to touch on your thoughts of Euro 2020, still fresh in the memory. Um, did you watch too many of the games? Did you watch any of the games? Did you watch all of the games? Um, and what were your thoughts generally on on the tournament and England's sort of progress overall? Uh,
1: watched every game. Um, and I can still barely think about it without crying.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, sorry. A-
1: absolutely superb, um, beyond gutted on Sunday. But we did very, very... Very well. Um, There's obviously that whole thing of the whole same before the tournament was coming home, etc., etc. But deep down, I was a bit like, "Mm," and then it happened, and then it nearly happened. But we actually did really well, and I'm dead proud of how well they've all done. Um, And I think, as well, it's such a young group of lads, and there's no kind of egos in there. Kind of when you've got like the Gerard Lampard era, while some of them were point probably some of the best players in the world There's, there was that whole kind of ego thing and that kind of club rivalry was still in there whereas with this group mm-hmm. of players I just feel like they all get on so so well and they actually want to be there and they are like happy to actually be playing on that pitch together.
0: Yeah no, absolutely and of course the, one of the things that, that often gets mentioned in my discussions with people is that whole uh, Gerard Lampard they must be in the middle together which never worked. Sven couldn't get it to work um, Steve McLaren couldn't get it to work then you had uh, Fabio Capello who couldn't get it to work and the one player who I think really would have made that that team back then tick was often shunted out to the left hand side and of course he retired in 2004 and is a player that I think I would imagine you've got a lot of time and uh, affinity for in the form of Paul Scholes
1: Yes, no, absolutely Absolutely. I mean that that midfield were some of the best in the world and it just didn't work. But there's also, as I said, I think with that whole team, there was a kind of issues with club rivalries as well. Um, I know a lot of club managers didn't want them kind of to associate with each other either, which obviously wouldn't have helped. But no, the, the whole um, Gerard Lampard thing, which kind of ruined skulls really um, in terms of that, because that team should have had the ability kind of individually anyway, to do some fantastic stuff. And it just never happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But say you were, you were gutted at the end of it, but they they did do a um, going back to the the final, shall we say? Yeah, uh, they did. They, they 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 managed the tournament generally very well, I thought, but were just found out a bit at the in in the final, particularly in the second half. Is that was that how you you picked up on it and felt about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, in the first half, we could. I I feel like we could have easily put three or four away. Um, And I know I won't be the first or the last person to say this, but I think the substitutions were wrong. Um, I think we went too defensive too quickly. Um, I think if we'd scored in like the 70th minute, fine, go defensive. But we scored in the second minute. I don't think you can look at holding on to a 1-0 lead when you've scored in the second minute. I think we had to attack more than we did. Um, Mm -hmm. Again... Won't be the first or last person to say, but Grealish um, should have been bought on earlier. Um,
0: yeah, I believe so too.
1: Some of the players I felt disappeared a bit. I don't think we saw Mason Mount really, uh, Kane again. But I don't think the team was built particularly well around Kane. Um, for me, uh, I think Trippier was actually very good on Sunday. Very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I um, certainly where where Harry Kane um, is the case, people were saying he looked leggy, he looked tired, he wasn't putting um, that too much of a shift in. But you know, when you have, and I mentioned this to Andrew Lorne, um, who I recorded, in, whose episode will be out by the time this one comes out, and um, the Norwich mm-hmm. City fan, um, that um, uh, the, the problem was really uh, the defensive setup. When you have seven defensive outfield players out of ten. Yep. Um, and, and you know, you've know you only got those you don't really give Kane that much in the way of sort of central support
1: absolutely um,
0: pretty much relying on Kane to do absolutely everything uh, which was problematic um, in, in, and certainly it didn't work in the second half against Italy I felt when we had absolutely no outlet, um, we were getting hold of the ball, launching it upfield and it was just coming straight back at us when it probably needed someone like Jack Grealish um, or uh, I can't really think of anybody else better suited to, to, to the position or to the role that was needed, but we needed someone yeah. to actually bring it out of defence um, and and run the ball upfield and, and, and hold it up uh, and, and give Harry Kane that support. And that's the way I felt we should have gone a lot sooner. But Yeah, um, no,
1: I completely agree. I feel like people have slagged Kane a bit. And I, I, okay, he wasn't phenomenal, but I don't think that's fair because the team wasn't built right to work with Kane and I think when you've got a player like Kane team around that more than they did
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree, completely agree. So anyway um, Worcester City um, a, a loyal and, uh, and passionate supporter, you've um, supported them for a number of years. Um, At the moment they, I mean, we, we spoke briefly before we came on and they took a voluntary relegation recently didn't they uh, and have struggled to get back up to where they were. So, they're in the Midland Premier League now, which is, um, I'm trying to think now, is that step five? It's
1: three, three below the uh, the Conference North, which is where we were.
0: Right, yeah, okay. Um, um, my
1: my kind of last proper watching of Worcester was the season that we came, the, the first season that we came down, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um but we got, we got relegated anyway, but obviously we ended up going down a little bit further than we would have done if we'd just got the t- taken the one relegation. Um Yeah. which did happen on the last day of the season. But Yeah. But
0: what was the story behind behind taking um taking the the additional relegations um because obviously you say you got relegated it would have been that was from the Conference North or the um, National League North that would have been into the Northern Premier League I believe. Um but of course, you, you've gone down an extra two divisions, haven't you? Uh, and, and, and so, what, what was the story behind that?
1: It, it's, it's been a funny, I say a funny few years, but I'd probably go a little bit, a little bit more than a few years. Um, so, what the lost the ground um, in April 2013? Uh, ground shed with uh, Kidderminster Bromsgrove um, afterwards. Uh, we're trying to get back home. Actually, finally got back home last season. Um, I've not been able to go yet, obviously, because of COVID, um, finally got back home, but a lot of it was to do with with money, um, mostly, um, but, but we did have that there was talk of kind of collapsing at, at point. um Luckily, obviously, they didn't, um, but the only way forward really was to take that voluntary relegation. Um, I mean, <laughs> as I said, we, we were relegated anyway, um, but, even if we hadn't been relegated, I would imagine we'd have probably still had to have had to have dropped down.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but since they've taken that relegation, it's been a little bit of a. Has it been? A, well, sorry, has it has it been that much of a struggle really playing at that level, or have they been kind of punching um, at the top end of the division?
1: Um, I mean, I'd like to have hoped that it would have gone a little bit better than it has done. Um, hopefully, this this coming season can bring um a bit a bit more i'm hoping that i can get down there um a little bit more obviously with kind of the world slowly getting back to normal um it would be nice to go and get some games um because well i've been to 99 Grands, and i've been stuck on 99 for a good few seasons now because i wanted to wait for Grand 100 to be busted back home uh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. so i'm quite excited to to get that out the way it's so well, not out the way but um just to get get that done at some point soon yeah. um i've kind of held off visiting other grounds i've not been able to go to for that reason as well um no it probably doesn't make sense to a lot of people but um i mean no, I mean, no it just no. feels it makes, like a waste if perfect. i wait mostly up the road it just uh...
0: yeah 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 no it, it, it's absolutely nobody nobody should be judging you for that in fact it's quite a uh, uh, quite a noble thing to do. So, I mean, the old stadium, was, a, was it Nunnery Way, if I remember rightly? to no, But
1: no, St San... George's Lane.
0: Yeah, uh, and you're looking, so you're obviously not looking to go back there. You're looking to go to uh, Clayne's Lane, if uh, if I've done my research properly this
1: time. Yeah, no, spot on. Well, considering that uh, St. George's Lane is unfortunately now houses. Um, I think that will be a bit of a struggle, but it's, it's still upsetting. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, absolutely gutting seeing that as houses as well. It was in a pretty good spot as well. It was super close to walk to from like, the centre of town, from the train station. You could be there in five, ten minutes. Um, Clayne's Lane um I mean, there's a fairly nearby park and ride, uh, I think is still there. It's not great in terms of walking from kind of center or the train stations. Um, it, but it's, it's something and it's, it's back in muster which is the main thing. Um, yes. I drove past it in May. I uh, didn't get to have a proper look cause I was in a taxi, so I couldn't stop. Um, but I had a little bit of a peek. So I'm hoping to try and get down there at the, the start of the upcoming season.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. And of course, going back to um, Worcester can only be can only be a good thing. I tell you, you've been ground sharing at Was it was it Agbra um, yeah, and Adbra. then the, the Victoria Ground as well? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which are, you know, they're fairly local to you, but they're still, what are they, 15, 20 miles up the road, if not more?
1: So, I mean, if, if you're looking at trains, because I, I would predominantly go on the train um. Kidderminster or well, was better on one hand because it's next to the train station.
0: Yeah, it um,
1: is. So... Both
0: train stations for the for the uh, steam train fanatics amongst us.
1: Ah, yes, yes. <laughs>
0: Seven Valley yeah. Railway, if if anybody's yeah. wondering.
1: No, um, not not I did not. I visited myself properly actually, although I probably should have done. Um, but no, that that wasn't too far. But Bromsgrove station to the ground is just ridiculous so it's difficult you, you lose a lot of fans anyway when you move away but especially the ones that are maybe a little bit older and have been going down on the train that obviously aren't wanting to walk that far um and then it just becomes less accessible for people as well so it all drops off which is um yeah. not what you want which is why it's been kind of a big thing to get to get back into worcester as quickly as possible
0: yeah sure and do, do you think um when Fans are eventually allowed back to the uh, to the new ground. Well, clearly there's going to be an increase in attendances in comparison to Kidderminster and Bromsgrove. Yeah. Um, Are you going to be getting? Do you think you'll be getting the figures uh, or higher figures than you were at last year to try and uh, to for people to kind of uh, try and push the club back up to the level they were at?
1: Um, I think it's difficult because since we've come back, it's been COVID, obviously, so everything's been yeah, reduced yeah. anyway. Um, I we were when we were last at Saint George's Lane, so coming up to kind of twenty thirteen, we had one of the higher attendances in the Conference North. Um, we were pushing over a thousand, quite a lot of games. Um, can I see that? It, if the whole world went back to normal tomorrow and at full capacity uh coming sort of august september can i see that happening no um i think it would be better and hopefully if we kind of play well and that kind of increases then maybe we we can start to build it up again which is obviously absolutely what we want to do and i, I really hope that that does happen um yeah. but it, it's difficult to say at the moment with kind of everything having panned out how it has
0: yeah no completely understandable um and so that given given what COVID, what's happened with covid obviously a lot of the uh well i think all of the non league uh divisions decided not to actually carry or carry through the season last season did they um i think it was only the national league um that 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 did and so what do you have any idea what the financial health of the club is like on the back of what's happened over the last eighteen months
1: um, I, to be honest, it's not something that I, I could comment on. It's not something I'm aware of at the moment. Um, right. I'm not, as I said, I'm not as in, involved as I used to be. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, no, sure. but I, I, think, I think a lot of clubs have obviously found it very, very difficult. Um, as have, well, a lot of everything. Um, it's not a good time to have obviously come back home because that was such a big thing for us. It is a shame that we weren't able to for lack of a better word celebrate it in the way that we would have done um Mm -hmm. had had this been sort of three four years ago and we'd come back home i can kind of just picture how that would have panned out and i think it would have been absolutely fantastic um but it's 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 great obviously that we are back and what i thought was very good was that um sorry excuse me um when we did come back and there were obviously games there that were much limited in how many people could go is that they did actually do a live stream um mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm sat up in in manchester on my laptop watching uh watching the live stream i think it might have been one of the VAR, vars game um one of the one of the cup games i think it was i was watching a live stream of it which was quite funny but it was a good effort that they did that and i think quite a few people got to watch that weren't able to go
0: yeah sure So no, it's, it's a- so a lot lot of clubs have have managed to do that and it could only help um did they did they charge for that or was that uh, or was that free
1: no no it was uh, it was free um a link got uh, got put out and then you just just log on and and watch the stream it yeah. was uh it was good good stream as well actually um worked perfectly um throughout yeah. it i think it would have been if i'm trying to remember rightly um it would have been it was some time, obviously, last year before it all stopped. But it was, it was good. It was one of the, I think it was one of the VARs games. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to remember. But it was, yeah, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, sure.
0: No, that's, that's good. That's really good that, um, that, that, that the club actually did that. Um, I can imagine it was, um, it was extremely well received. Um, so, take us back to the very beginning of your football lifetime. Uh, how did it all? How did it all get started for you? Um,
1: I've been asked this before, and I can't. I can't quite picture it. My dad and my granddad massively. Um, I think my, my dad and my granddad have always watched Worcester um, for years. Um, my granddad was at the game in um, the 50s when we beat Liverpool and knocked Liverpool out. Um, mm-hmm. He's got obviously fond fond memories of that. Uh, my dad started taking to me started taking me to games when i was really little um i'd come kind of here and there stop for a bit and then come back for a bit and then as i got a little bit older um probably back end of primary school start of secondary school so sort of 11 12 that's when i started going um like every every week um so i've always watched it with with my dad but then even Mm -hmm. Coming away from just football in general, I'd, every Sunday I'd go to my dad and granddad's and I'd sit sit down with my granddad and watch all the Premier League games um, mm-hmm. with him. And I can remember doing that from you know, kind of as young as I can remember, really. Um, and I got to go down and see him on... Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was the uh, Belgium um, Italy game, and I got to watch that with him, and that was really nice because i would not been able to watch any football, if even only on the TV, for him for a while, obviously because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that was really nice. And um, what I'm hoping to do is uh, my granddad did stop watching Worcester when um, we moved away, so I'm really hoping when I come back for that hundredth uh, game, he'll hundredth uh, game, sorry, hundredth ground, he'll come and watch with me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I mean, your granddad—you you mentioned that he saw that that game against Liverpool. Of course, it's one of the games that, that Worcester City is uh, is famous for. Um, was it 1959 FA Cup, wasn't it? They beat them two-one. Was it?
1: It was. Yes, it was a uh, January, I believe. Um, uh, unfortunately, I wasn't there, so I can't remember exactly. But <laughs> I, believe it was, uh, I believe it was January. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he 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 was stood on the uh, stood on the terrace watching that, um, and then. He took my, uh, took my dad from when my dad was a kid as well. So it's kind of been a, a bit of a family thing, really.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. And there was a um, more recently. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't expect to see a non-league club beat beat Liverpool now, <laughs> um, but I, they 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 also beat another former uh, FA Cup winner, didn't they? Um, eight years ago, I think it was seven years ago, if my memory serves me rightly.
1: Yeah, well we did actually um we did actually play Liverpool again. I don't know if you've read any of this. Um but when we lost our ground, um we as a kind of like a final game as a nice thing to do, we did a Worcester Legends versus Liverpool Legends. Um okay, yeah. so you've kind of got like our ex big players like Carl Healy, um, infamous manager. Um but then John Barnes played... Um <laughs> and and came down uh that would have been the the april 2013 as well. And we 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 actually beat them again <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: Brad, very
1: nice playing playing the liverpool first team but it was fantastic and um, we did actually beat them again um yeah. but yes no we did have some uh, some fa cup luck um at the back end of 2014 um mm-hmm. With, uh, with with Coventry which is yeah. still t- to this day one of the best things I've ever seen um, yeah. came close with Scunthorpe as well um, which obviously with the uh, the penalty shootout uh, the, the record uh, FA Cup penalty shootout which actually sat in yeah. the pub on a Sunday watching uh, England Italy gave me horrible flashbacks of for a second
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it was uh, 14-13 wasn't
1: it yeah I, I I could it got to the point where I couldn't watch. I, I was just yeah. stood there turning round. Um And presumably there were some
0: there were some misses or saves involved in that as well.
1: Yeah. Um I, I yeah. can particularly remember a Worcester player, Danny Jackman, um missing, and I can remember the picture of him on his knees on the back of the Worcester News the day after. Um, yeah. and yeah, it did that, that Coventry game I for as long as I live, I won't forget that. That was just one of the best things I've ever been part of, ever seen in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's very different because obviously I can watch United do this, that or the other, Um, but being there for that, in that part of that smaller group of people was incredible. And just Mm -hmm. kind of that whole feeling of what it was like kind of that day. And just around that time that was happening was absolutely unbelievable. Um, Yeah because it was it away as well
0: it. wasn't it it was at the
1: rico yeah yeah um yeah no it was uh at, at, at the rico we went up it would have been the november because it was a couple of days after my dad's birthday um i remember mm-hmm. um and i remember finding my dad after the game and i think we were both at the point of almost tears like i couldn't believe that it even happened and still to this day now which is what coming on seven years later i still can't quite believe it actually happened mm-hmm. <laughs> But no, that that it, team it? as well that we had were phenomenal. And maybe I'm being a bit optimistic, but I feel like that team could have maybe got us towards the the playoffs. Um, but then we started to lose players because, well, because people realised they were actually quite good. Um, two that spring to mind are George Williams and Graham Hutchinson,
0: um, okay. who
1: went pretty quickly after. And then it sort of... Even that season, though, it was still going pretty well. And then kind of as that cup um, run kind of came to an end, that's when it started to go a little bit more downhill. Um, we lost players. But it was euphoric, I think, is probably the only probably the only word for it.
0: And, and rightly so, uh, as it always should be when a, when a club defeats a league club. And, you know, particularly a club the stature of Coventry City, as I said, former winners, was it 1987? I think they won the cup um and uh yeah uh, the, uh, and doing it on you know in their own backyard as well uh, uh you know what is a really nice um stadium as well um i, do, I don't you know, as a, as an arena i quite like the rico arena not so not so taken with the location but um yeah it was you know, and, and it's one of those um one of those cup upsets that you know nobody will ever take that away from Worcester and, no, uh, and, no. and and if i remember right again um it was deserved as well wasn't it
1: Oh, it was absolutely deserved. It, it wasn't. Again, that's not coming from a Worcester perspective. Um, it it wasn't a fluke. It, it it was it was deserved. Um, it absolutely incredible. Um, I think we went ended up somehow Worcester went viral about three times in a season. Um, it, it, it was incredible. Um, and then obviously Sean Geddes, um, with with the goal. Um, there's a bit of uh, footage of that with the commentary with the uh, the infamous pandemonium at the RICO and every time I hear uh, well, or we'll see that clip of uh, Dan Johnson shouting that I still get kind of shivers because um, yes. it just feels like I was there again and I think that's one of those things that will last forever. You could show me mm-hmm. that video in 40 years and I'd still feel exactly the same and I think yeah. people that were there that day.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a common feeling in football, but yeah, one that's also very, very personal, isn't it? Um, and I, yeah. You know, I love it when I, I look at look at different different bits and pieces for for reading. Um, it's great.
1: No, definitely, it's uh, it was a it was a wonderful wonderful time. Um, it was uh, yeah, no, it was it was quite something. Um, had we beat Scunthorpe, um, it would have been MK Dons that we'd played, um, mm-hmm. which I think in the nicest way possible made it kind of, uh, I don't know. I think if it had been a kind of a, for lack of a better word, more exciting club, then it would have made it that little bit more painful, but um, it I've it was a good way to go out, I suppose, to break that record and to lose on penalties to that. On one hand, it's not a good way to go out, but it, it was better. We didn't embarrass ourselves at all. Far from it. No, no, they're just very proud so mm-hmm. there's no- nothing to complain about really and it was just a wonderful wonderful time
0: so you first started really going um sort of around sort of 10 11 years ago on a regular basis didn't you um and, and you know presumably over, over that period of time there have been um well <laughs> the, 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 you, you must have some some uh some really good and sort of happy memories and uh, and equally uh Devastating memories of FA Cup games aside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said with with commentary that I'll take to the grave. Um, just awful. But um, I, I think again, losing that ground in twenty thirteen was was horrendous as well. I can remember the the final, or well, the final league game we had there, which was Chester. Um, And I could just remember at the end of that kind of leaving and knowing that that was kind of it for that ground. And that, that was horrible. And I mean, it was horrible for me, but to see kind of like people like my dad and my granddad that had been going there since they were like four or five as well Mm -hmm. um, was obviously kind of heartbreaking for everyone. Um, And I've seen us lose games when I've been absolutely gutted. I've seen us get relegated. Um, I've seen us, go out to the FA Cup on that penalty shootout, but I think I don't think anything with Worcester's ever hurt quite as much as that. Yeah. Um, did you get just you get much in the way the wonderful of, ground.
0: Yeah. Did you get much in the way of um, sort of sympathy and, and empathy from Chester fans given the issues that they've experienced at their club?
1: Um from memory, the Chester fans were all very drunk and all in fancy dress. Um, <laughs> so I, I we didn't really speak to them. Um, it might have been segregated uh thinking about it um i'll be honest i can't really remember exactly um but we i I didn't didn't speak to them um
0: yeah sure
1: but it was i think i've spoken to chester fans since um who, who were who were there um that i've spoken to in more recent years who have obviously expressed kind of sympathy for that and i think a lot of people across kind of the non-league scene, I've obviously got friends all over kind of the, the, the non-league scene, such as obviously Malky who you mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And all, all of them have obviously kind of understood what, what that's like to, for that to happen. And it, it's awful. And even when, because um, there's obviously been talk of previously of Worcester kind of collapsing and things like that. So when I see that happen to other clubs, I I can just totally understand how they feel when that happens. Um, And it's the one thing that I'd never laugh at, no matter which club it was, even if it was a club, the biggest rivals, that's just never, ever funny. And it's awful, whoever that happens Mm to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, So, um, I mean, you mentioned that you've, without going into any detail, you mentioned that you've not been going for the last three years, but, um, you know, though that season that you saw when they were down in the um in the middle league yeah, i can imagine that was yeah painful wasn't it
1: yeah i mean it it wasn't it wasn't good i mean it also partly coincided with with me moving so i moved to manchester in march um 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, Worcester were in the uh, Conference North, so I had so many games around me. Um, I had uh, FC United, Chorley, Stalerbridge, Ashton, um, just to name a few. The majority of the away games were actually very easy for me to get to, really, from where I live now. Um and then by pure luck, we decided to go down three leagues um, just after I moved here. So I'd moved from like the perfect position to be, to get to the games, to being like, I, I think there was a point where I'd looked at trying to go to some, and I realized that the closest game would have been Nottinghamshire way. Um, mm-hmm. And it was for, for me to get on the train. It was about two, two and a half, three hours. It, it worked out as because of where it was and. I'd gone from thinking, Oh, this is amazing. I can actually go here and here, like super quick. I could walk to some of the mm-hmm. uh, actually, oh, yeah. actually, That's not, not feasible at all. Oh. Because he, even if you take the time out of it as well, because there was a point where, where I was working at that point as well, I was working most Saturdays. Um, but even if you take kind of the time out of it, the expense of having to get a train to, somewhere at least two and a half three hours away each week just becomes it's just not sustainable um so i mean just coming up to a northern league from a selfish perspective would be great but obviously from the position of worcester fans it is in a way better for them to be around that area because it's easier for them to travel to for a worcester um Mm -hmm. yeah i'm being totally selfish when i say that i would love it if it was a more northern thing that that's um that that's it but it's um yeah i'd love i'd love it to, to be much more accessible um kind of for me to do that um i don't drive either which probably doesn't help if i did drive then it might make it a little bit easier but um by the time i do that then who knows where we'll be but um <laughs> i think one thing that would be really is what i've always thought is if we've just had, if we could just get a cup draw against like stegler bridge um or or ashton or or somewhere that mm-hmm. I could just walk to. That that would be wonderful. If I could walk to yeah. like a, a Worcester FA Cup game, that would be. That would be really nice. I mean, the chances of it happening are obviously very slim, but I always do hope when the draws come out.
0: Or of course, you get to the third round and draw Man United.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that is that 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 is a thought. That, I think that actually did cross my mind. Um, kind of during the Coventry Scunthorpe time, is that that. It, it's one of those things that I think you kind of dream about and you think about as a kid. And then I was like, Oh, actually this not too far off this actually being a possibility, um, <laughs> which, which, which was quite funny, I suppose. Um,
0: yeah. But no, you so say you're absolutely right. It wasn't too far off a possibility because you had a couple of uh, non-league clubs that, that drew United recently. Um I'm thinking back 15 years, Exeter City and then Burton Albion. And actually, um, uh, got got draws against them as well, uh, which was and you know the, the money that that uh, that a tie like that can produce would just go to absolute wonders, wouldn't it for for, uh, for well for a club in, in Worcester City's position?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think a game like that can can do so many good things to it to a non-league club. I mean, I felt so sorry for. Um, was it Marine that played Spurs?
0: Yes, it was. Yeah,
1: um, I felt awful for them but what that kind of sort of game would have done if covid if, if this was like pre or post covid um obviously yeah, the limits absolutely. that put on what they could do i think um what what was
0: good on the back of that though obviously people recognized that marine couldn't allow fans in but there was the um the live stream wasn't there that marine i think they charged something like there were about 25,000 fans that that bought that wasn't there something like that anyway and it it it, it you know about that and and at least trying to do their bit to help out
1: absolutely i think one thing that was really nice and i can't i can't say who it was um, and i wouldn't want to quote the wrong person but i think a few people as well where like they lost sponsors because of kind of the the covid thing i think a, a few people put kind of put a bit of money in it um, to kind of help them out a bit um I I couldn't tell was someone like kind of a Jamie Carragher type person um I put put some money at where where sponsors had been lost which was nice and a a lot of people were kind of paying for that stream but weren't particularly fans of either club but wanted to obviously put something back in there I think um Spurs fans um, quite a few nice things as well which was obviously really lovely and I think they did get a lot of good publicity from it but obviously that won't match it to what it could have been for those fans no, whilst that no, publicity was brilliant if I was one of those fans and I'd have been absolutely devastated
0: Yeah, you know, just to go and actually see those players um, on the pitch at Marine in person rather than having to see them on the TV, I mean I suppose it would have been absolutely immense for the for the houses along the uh, along the side of the pitch at Marine but you know they, you're talking about no more than sort of 30 or 40 people aren't you whereas you know marines Ground is it something like a two and a half thousand capacity um and they uh you know they could have they, no doubt they could have sold that out four five six times over
1: absolutely yeah i mean it, it backs into people's gardens doesn't it i think where all those fences yeah. it's just it's just people's back gardens
0: yeah exactly so We've entered Man United as well, and of course, you know, equal measure. Yes, okay. You don't get to see them as often. Worcester City is the first the first team, as it were. Um, but you are also a Man United fan as well, aren't you?
1: Yeah, so um the, the United thing actually came before Worcester, and um I kind of I get it a lot, the whole oh the, the glory supporter comment, etc. But the the reasons actually, yeah, I find it quite funny. Anyway, um it started when I was very, very little, um, and I was starting to kind of, kind of take an interest in football. And I, my mum basically said, "Oh, well, you should support Man United." Um, and me, being a very small child, assumed that was because my mum used to live here, which she did. Um, and it was only when I got a little bit older, about twelve or so, I realised she said that because my dad is a Leeds fan. Um, (laughs) but by that point I'm too far (laughs) gone into it I can't I can't stop now um so I've always had it but that is genuinely kind of the reason why and which is why I'm particularly ashamed to say that there is actually a picture of me where hidden away somewhere um Uh,
0: (laughs) that doesn't come out very often does it
1: no, no, it doesn't. Although I fully expect, if I ever get married, it will be right on top of the cake. Um, yeah,
0: but at least, uh, yeah, well, probably, but at least you can, you know, you can live uh, quite nicely with the thought that, yeah, it was, it was nothing to do with me. It was my parents.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, my, my my dad and both Leeds fans. Um, and I I say this kind of, I I was happy to, when when Leeds came up. I was very happy that my granddad got to see them come back up. Um that that really pleased my ranging at, at full time. Um and I was kinda hoping that I could uh kinda get to a game with my dad and then obviously the whole world imploded. But um mm-hmm. it, it's it's good, obviously our our first game of the season is late. Um so I, I don't know whether I'll be able to watch it uh, kind of in a pub with my dad or anything, but it, it's good to just kinda have that now whereas obviously before it was very rare that we'd ever even cross paths with being in mm-hmm. obviously with them um, having been down for so long. Yeah, sure, but I mean, did you uh, did you get to go and see
0: uh, United very often, or was it always kind of a, a sort of a distant, watch them on TV type relationship with them?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly often thing. Again, something I'm hoping that I can do do more so now. Um, in kind of more recent years, I've ended up in a job whereby I do have weekends free, which and evenings free, which gives me chance to actually be able to go and do things that I haven't been able to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, obviously it was different. I, I did, I was able to do that. And then kind of as I moved here and kind of had the chance to go and do things like watch United, et cetera, I was working evenings and weekends. And then I kind of got out of that, had about a year and then the COVID happened. So um, I've not really been able to make the most of kind of having that time to be able to go and watch football in the way that I'd have liked to. Um, I'm yeah. hoping kind of as, as everything starts to kind of pan out and everything starts to get a little bit better uh mm-hmm. that will change and i'll be able to go and do things that i've been wanting to do for a long time yeah
0: so what do you what do you make of united now then i mean do you think they're within sort of relative touching distance of uh, establishing themselves back in the um sort of the challenging uh, the premier league title challenging echelons or do you think that they are still destined to be Sort of the top end of the table also runs behind City and Liverpool. Uh, I say that uh, given what's happened to Liverpool this season. Uh, behind City, shall we say?
1: Um, I I think we're getting a lot better. I think we're getting there. It's not done. It's nowhere near done. Um, but I think we're getting there. We've got some good players. Um, I think looking at kind of younger players like Sancho, um, one that I would love absolutely love would be Bellingham. Um, I think he'll stay over in Germany for another two or three seasons. Um, mm, but yeah. it would have been nice to have, have had someone like that. Um, I think going back to what you were saying about the Euros as well, and again, not coming from kind of a United perspective, but I think Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire were absolutely superb. They um, Very, very impressed with how Luke Shaw's kind of come back from, um, I've written a bit more into it. Obviously he actually nearly lost his leg. Um, after the the break, because of the, or all have it wrong after, and for a player to come yeah. back from a break that bad and kind of perform like he has done. Because it just didn't seem was, right. Obviously, uh, him and Mourinho didn't get on very well, um, no. as I'm sure you've kind of seen. But um, for him to come and play like he has been recently, like in the last year or so, he's become one of the best in the world.
0: No, I completely agree. Uh, it was against Rangers that he broke his leg, wasn't it? In a, so in a really- league tie against rangers it was that he broke his leg against wasn't it
1: it was about it was 2015 um it was no it wasn't it wasn't rangers it was abroad because he ended up in hospital abroad um right okay to do because i I was reading into this the other day because what i didn't realize is that he'd actually almost lost his leg um because he'd had obviously kind of two very bad breaks and then there was uh, a bit of a clotting issue um, in his leg mm-hmm. which he didn't actually find out about until later on but there was a bit of a thing about flying him back um which i was i was reading into um not not too long ago but um i think for anyone to come back from an injury like that is superb and then to become the player that he has done as well is absolutely phenomenal
0: yeah particularly given like you say that the, the relationship uh with Mourinho, who absolutely hung him out to dry and just I, I can't ever understand why a manager would want to do that to a player um, but at the very top end. Um, it just didn't make sense. And, you know, his, his quality was there to see at Southampton and uh, it's been there for all to see um, since he came back from his leg break and under Solskjaer. So, I mean, it, what was Mourinho's problem with him? That's what I, I don't really understand. Maybe he was too attack attack-minded for him. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't think I don't think we'll ever know. But I think because obviously um, our player of the season um, was Bruno, um, and then the players' player was was Shaw. But um, for me, it was Shaw all over. Um, just absolutely superb all season, um, mm-hmm. and I'm very very pleased for him that he did actually get that goal on um, on Sunday. Yeah, the, the, uh, there was a yeah. few moments where I was kind of sat in the pub just. Thinking I was actually asleep, I was like, "Hang on, we we're winning uh, the final, and Luke Shaw has scored." And it was one of those where I I had to kind of pinch myself for a moment that that was actually happening. And I'm I'm Mm -hmm. really really pleased for him.
0: Yeah, no, likewise. And the the longer it goes on, the more he's just demonstrating and sticking sticking the proverbial two fingers up to Mourinho, um, and uh, and and just just demonstrating what a what a brilliant player he is. He's a sort of left back that I that I absolutely love to watch. You know, more audience forward, defender first, but absolutely um, gets involved in, and and uh, and really adds something to an attack. I and I love fallbacks that that do that. So,
1: yeah, no, ab- a- absolutely. Um, I think also uh, another player, Harry Maguire. So people have said a lot of bad things about Maguire, and he's obviously in the Euros. I think a lot of more people have turned around and got well, actually no, he's very good. But beforehand, I think Maguire was a very good example of a player um, that was very good and people didn't realise how good he was until he wasn't there. Because when he got injured towards the back end of the season and he wasn't playing, it fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when he wasn't there, a lot of people turned around and kind of noticed actually how needed he is in that squad. Um, obviously, the less said about the, the Europa League, the better. <laughs> um yeah, but no, it, it all it all fell apart when when he wasn't there, and he's proved himself in the Euros. Got into the uh, the the Euros team team of the tournament, um, and yeah. it's been a very 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 good. In the moment he came back from injury, has been a solid and superb.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, I completely agree. So, I mean, you you, you mentioned earlier that um, the majority of the games that you watch United, they're uh, they're in the pub. Um, um uh, which is probably probably well absolutely true of um the vast majority of united fans around the world i think um but um you know we we, we have to touch on this because it is a her game two episode um and your experiences of watching united um in the pub has not always been um uh, positive is that fair to say
1: oh a- absolutely um i think not not even just, just United, I, I can, that goes back to all sorts, even when I've played football myself, um, mm-hmm. when I've been younger, uh, experiences with some delightful away fans at Worcester games as well. Um, yeah. it's, it's not great, I think something I can remember very, very um, vividly is being at a Worcester game and um, having, what sort of language am I allowed to use here? I'm not sure where this is Absolute. going
0: absolutely
1: anything yeah that's fine too i i can um lads doing the the get your tits out chant at me um mm-hmm. i was about 13 right um and i don't nice. know how old those lads were but i was about 13 i mean you don't chant that anyone anyway Thing. um mm-hmm. yeah and i can remember it very well um and i mean i've had it shout- to put the pub since, um, but obviously with kind of who I am now and how I am now, I'll quite happily tell them where to go. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not what you want when you kind of like thirteen, fourteen, and you've got a, a group of a group of men shouting that at you. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure really what what to say to that.
0: Um, I mean, it's probably. I, I mean, a lot of the things that some of the um, some of the girls have said so far, or some of the women have said so far, um, have been. Yeah, yeah absolutely you know, without doing them down at all it they're kind of not they're the expected sort of abuse that that you'd see and hear um again it's not not particularly nice it's, it shouldn't ever happen but i haven't had anybody say that they've been um well it's literally verbally abused at the age of thirteen to fourteen and that is uh, really, really quite shocking that anybody would think that that's acceptable.
1: Yeah, I think I think a lot of the smaller things as well that, have, that kind of happen, like little comments here and there, they're looked at as smaller than they are because it just gets brushed under as, well, that's what happens, that's normal. But I think the whole thing about these incredible women that have started the Her Game too thing is that it's like, no, that's not okay. And <clears throat> your small comment of back in the kitchen or whatever you want to say... And little things like that is what make people think that chanting things like that at people. And it all builds yeah. from a little thing. And if you start cutting it out at the little thing, then that's where you stop the bigger thing happening, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um And I uh, say again, one of the things that I think I've, I've said um, in some of the earlier episodes is it's the cumulative effect, isn't it? What yeah. one person says is uh, in a... It, it just one sort of what they perceive to be quite a small thing could be the straw that breaks the camel's back for someone, isn't it? And and that's what the one of the big things um, that this campaign is aiming, I think, to to draw upon, um, is the fact that you know, just well, yeah, literally, just don't say it, you know. Um, and why, I, I, why bring I, I, why bring sex and gender into it, you know?
1: Absolutely, because it, it, it's not it's not that, oh, it's just banter because it might just be. But people like even myself that have been watching football and been interested in football since they were very very young that have had comments made from might even just be boys in the playground at primary school mm-hmm. like are, they, are you trying to play football with them? just little things like that, and if you have that kind of constantly growing up then and it, it and it's not shut down and that's obviously where you kind of get That the men that make these comments but then also a lot of girls uh, some kind of end up standing up and just going I don't care I'll do what I want but then some of them Mm -hmm. will feel like they actually can't do that and it's because they're not shutting the little things down because a lot of a little thing makes it a big thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then of course on the back of that if it's not called out when it actually happens it empowers by default the men that are actually uh saying and doing doing the things that they that they do
1: yes at 100 you get because they're allowed to say this and they can get away with all this little stuff when somebody does turn around and go well no that's not okay i'm looked at like i'm just crying and running off and i'm like no i'm not it's because mm-hmm. everyone else has let you do first person that's ever called you out on it you think it's me that's got the problem
0: yeah yeah so, I mean, clearly you had that experience at quite, well, it sounds quite horrific experience at uh, at Worcester. Um, what other, if you're willing to go into any of the more detail, uh, what other sort of uh, experiences have you had?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you can start off with little things as is, is, well. Just little comments here and there, like the, oh, the, the get back in the kitchen, the, whatever. I'm sure you could probably think of many of them. Um, but just just mm. little comments that people don't realize like when I'm sat watching football um and I might end up just talking to people sat on the next table or talking to a friend of a friend or whatever whoever's in the all allowed to actually sit together um
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and people would almost be surprised that I knew what I was talking about like I'd be in the the football being the football um that wasn't what I was supposed to say and <laughs> be in the pub with um with my boyfriend and we're sat we've nipped outside at half time and people come out and they will almost like even though I'm saying something they'll respond but look at him and I'm kind of like yeah. no it was me that was talking you can look at me and then they're almost shocked to continue that conversation or they'll mm-hmm. come over and they'll direct the whole conversation at the, the male that male is whether that be my boyfriend my dad or one of my friends they kind of direct mm-hmm. the whole conversation at him rather than like It's almost like they can't of this. Um, Things like that, comments about all all sorts of stuff. Um, I remember quite vividly uh, going down to watch uh, one of the first games of the season, uh, last season. Um, And I I didn't know, but knew some people I was with just went, oh, it's really good that you like football. And I remember just getting so wound up and I was just like, I'm going to go outside for a minute because I was... Mm -hmm. Just I've not got time to start arguing with someone right now, but it's it starting to wind me up yeah. more and more.
0: He might may have thought he was just saying saying a kind thing, but actually, no, that's really kind of patronising and condescending.
1: Yeah, descending, and I think it's also I think something with the the whole her game two thing is that because I've not had as many kind of female friends that have been kind of watch football in the way that I have is it's seeing this happening to so many people as well um and it's it's awful the the way that it's seen as such a brush over thing and people think think that it's not a problem and people are kind of asking why why this is a thing why people are doing this is not needed and it's because just because it's not happening to you and because you can't see it and because you're not one of those people doesn't mean it's not happening
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i think um if anything, the, the, the campaign, you know, even from the very start, where it had um, sort of over a million views and, and went viral on FA Cup final day, kind of suggested that actually um, there might be a problem. And that, um, op- well, it's not an opinion, it's a fact now. Um, the, the, it, it, the, given the, the experiences that people have uh, have come forward, and, and even on this podcast, I mean, this is only episode eight of, of it, but the experiences that people have given, um, demonstrates that there is an endemic problem um, and it's a uh, and it's a societal because it's not just at football you know you still hear of um, of women uh, being wolf whistled uh, down the street because it's always happened um, you get the, um, almost the 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 intimidating comments or the, uh, the, the, the the unwanted comments when you when you're on a night out for example um, and yeah it, I could I can only imagine, I only begin to imagine what it what it's actually like to be a woman um, in in society these days, particularly given, uh, particularly you know, when when you're trying to change um, sort of almost and um, en- what's the word I'm looking for um, engendered behaviours, um, accepted engendered behaviours, um, and you know and uh, so, uh, as I Continually say all power to uh, to well, the twelve girls in the video and anybody else that's actually coming out and and saying this isn't right and uh, are actually giving the examples because every little example just builds up and just adds that uh, adds that little bit of extra reinforcement to why the campaign is happening and um, yeah all all power to, to to you and everybody else that's speaking out about it
1: so so much so I think it's something else I think that that's come out as well that you can see is kind of female and yes. the comments are made to them and mm-hmm. it's perfectly fine to say that she's bad at what she does that's that's okay if you, if you don't agree with someone's opinion you don't fine but what's not okay is to say she's bad at what she does or her opinion is bad because she's a woman and yeah a lot of people don't seem to see the difference between saying, oh, um, this referee, um, I don't think is very good. Um, I don't think that was a foul to this referee's terrible because it's a woman. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't yeah. see kind of the difference between those two. Um, yeah. And to me, that's just clearly obvious. You, being a woman doesn't mean we can't be bad at things a lot of us are bad at things and a lot terrible opinions and we all make mistakes but it's not because we're women it's because we're humans um i think a very good who i absolutely love to bits um but the things that chris kamara says and does could you imagine if someone like laura woods did that Mm
0: -hmm. Um, there's been a a sending off at fratton park hasn't there chris <laughs> That's the classic one. It, it, <laughs> you're, exactly. you're right. if, can you just you're right. imagine for one second if someone like Laura would do that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: Um uh, and it, no. it's I, I could sit and rant about this till the early hours very easily. It's um it, it's awful. And seeing that even the comments that have been said to kind of in the in the Her Game 2 video, and I think uh, the things that have been said to them and people it, it, I just don't understand how they can be that blind to what's going on and maybe actually it's because they're part of the problem half the time and they're mm-hmm. people that yeah. make these comments which is why again I think it's so important to shoot it down as soon as it starts and even something yeah. small perceived to be anything bad but it needs to stop and it needs to stop as soon as it comes out
0: Yeah, yeah exactly, couldn't put it any better myself thank you very much for um, for opening up. Um, we'll uh, uh, we'll get on to the um, significant six. Right then. So tell us all about your favourite game.
1: Ah, well, favourite game. Um, I think we've been speaking for about an, an hour and 15, and I think you could even answer that for me. It's got to be Coventry.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously two one win um, uh, gets you through to the FA Cup second round. Um, uh, what were there? A couple of thousand Worcester fans there that day as well. Fairly local to you, so a fairly easy trek. And uh, yeah, yeah, there, there was a big day all told.
1: Yeah, a, a lot of people um, went. Um, another thing that that was actually quite disappointing, I suppose, about the fact that we weren't in Worcester. Um, because it would have been maybe nice if, off the back of that FA Cup, where obviously we had a lot of people that didn't normally go kind of every week cup game, um, even a lot of people that hadn't ever really been to Worcester before. It would have been nice if we'd been in Worcester, and then they start actually coming to games off the back of that. But I suppose being in, in Kidderminster, where we were at the time, would have been a bit of, um, I suppose, a bit off-putting for them to start coming and watching every week.
0: Yeah, as we said, it was uh, it's still a little bit of a trek. It's what sort of forty-five minutes drive minimum, isn't it? Or you know, for yourself on the train, it's okay. Like you mentioned, the, the, the agra is right next door to the um, uh, to the stadium, but it's still still an expense um, and a and a well, not a lengthy train train journey, but you know, still a not one way where people from Worcester and the surrounding area can just jump in their car, ten minutes drive, and they're there, can they?
1: yeah i mean it's only sort of about 20 minutes on the train so it's not too bad but i think it's the fact that with st george's lane because of where it was you could just kind of roll out your and then kind of walk off and do your weekly shopping if that's what you wanted to do you didn't have to start thinking about train times and getting back etc you could just Mm. it it was in in town so if you were doing something after or before you you could very easily kind of fit it in with your day i suppose um, so the people that weren't massively into it that were kind of thinking, oh, maybe we should go and look at it. I suppose it was more, more off-putting, not being able to just kind of do that on on the doorstep as they could have done beforehand. And I think it is a shame because that would have been an absolutely perfect opportunity to have got a, a lot more people going.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like I say, and so one of the... Uh... One of the sad little bit little bits and pieces because it was just literally as you'd uh, as you'd left St George's Lane, wasn't it? It was the first season away.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It, it is sad, but um yeah, I I think you were saying about it being my, the, the favourite game I've seen. Um I think it would be really difficult to top that because that I've got tied to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. It would have been very. I think. Think of a game that I could be at that would ever actually beat that. I mean, all right, if I'd been at Wembley on Sunday and we'd won, then it might have been pretty close. I might been giving you a slightly different answer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I,
0: know, I know. I think. I think every every football fan knows exactly what you mean. It's almost. A, yeah,
1: I, I think it's know, difficult. That... I mean, even even if Worcester did it again now, even if we did something. Fantastic, I think, just because of all the emotion I've got tied to that and kind of where I was with the club at that time as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would be very, very difficult to beat that.
0: Yeah, so tell us about your favorite away ground then.
1: Favorite away ground? Um, I've been, I've been to a lot of away grounds with Worcester. Um, I've got, I've there's ones that I like for all different reasons. I think, um, in terms of the ground itself, um, I wouldn't put Gainsborough up there, but a quite a big fan of the food, um, <laughs> okay. which I think can 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 be an important part of it. Um, I mean, I was I was always quite a fan of FC United as well. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've done, I've I've got the, different grounds. I've kind of got. I, I'm, I'm a fan of for different different reasons. Um, if we're talking, if we kind of revert back to more kind of Premier League, I, um, I did. Uh, I, I have a an old friend of mine's a, a Palace fan, and I did a couple of games, um, kind of more up this way with him. And I went to Everton away, and I know a lot of people don't like uh, Goodison, but I, I was actually quite a big fan of uh, of Goodison in the way ground. Oh, I um, love But no, I've 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 been to some weird and wonderful grounds throughout my my non-league, n- non-league time. And I think with the non-league is most of them are, are pretty special. I think with yeah. newer non-league grounds, it's more difficult because they're just kind of the, the older ones. Like, again, if we look at St. George's Lane with Worcester, they're just weird and wonderful and they're full of history. And I love grounds like that. I love grounds that have been around for a long time and you can kind mm-hmm. of see everything. Um, so they're always kind of my, my particular
0: favourite to go to rather than like modern ones, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, perfect sense. Perfect sense. I mean, you know, we mentioned Malky earlier, who's an AFC Files fan. I mean, clearly they've um, uh, got a relatively new ground, haven't they? Um, whereas you look at someone like, um, uh, well, a, a friend of the show and a friend of mine, Neil Maskell, who is, uh, who is episode two, um, is a Maiden Edge United fan. And uh, they've been mm-hmm. at their ground since 1871. So, um, yeah, I, I see exactly what what you're coming from. Um, just just tell us what the food's like at Gainsborough then, because uh, yeah, I've not been there, and I don't. You know, with many people who've listened to this that haven't either. So, what's so special about the food?
1: Um, well, I've got I've got quite a few funny stories about about Gainsbury, um which I can de- delve into after. But um, um, kind of your standard kind of pie, pie, chips, gravy. I think I remember. That's something I can remember quite vividly. I just always remember, I was always very excited to go to Gainsborough. And, and I, I don't know what it's like now, Not have not been, been for a couple of years, but um, I can remember going after I'd had a, a slightly later night on the Friday than I'd intended to, and I, I was absolutely delighted with the food. It was super gravy, mushy peas, standard football food really, but it was just really good. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been to some grounds that have done really good food. I mean, FC United or another one that the food was very good. And I've also been to grounds where the food's tasted like cardboard, but it wouldn't be non-league if it didn't. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So it, it's obviously I think we can't talk about food without mentioning the Kidderminster pies. Uh,
0: no, absolutely, and they're, they're renowned for them as well, aren't
1: they? Uh, absolutely. Um. It. It was, yeah, the kinematics of the pies are fantastic. So Gloucester, um, there was a game at, uh, at where in 2013 where Gloucester decided to throw the pies at us. Nice. Um, and <laughs> I remember being in the bar at Agborough and Bish uh, and they got a rounding in and I text my dad to say, um, where are you? Uh, I've got your pint. And uh, I remember getting a text back saying, I can't come in. I'm covered in cheese and onion pie. Uh, and <laughs> I walked back down to the sat uh, and one of the Gloucester fans had lobbed a pie that had just hit my dad right in the chest and exploded all over him. Oh, nice. <laughs> so now have their throwing pie since 2013 flag, which they like to take everywhere with them. <laughs>
0: just, that was... It was just all taken in good spirit, was it, or was there something kind of uh, sinister? I had not heard about that incident at all. Oh no. wow, no, was I'll. It...
1: Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was particularly pleased about it at the time. My dad, my dad laughs at it now. <laughs> I, I, I laugh at it now. Um, we all, we all kind of have a, a, a big laugh about it now. But um, <laughs> I don't think it went down at the time. But no, those, those pies are massive. Um, I don't think I'd want to be hit by one. But no, no. I, absolutely. Fan fantastic food. and um, I believe the, the bloke that uh, started it or actually passed away last last season. Mm-hmm. Um I remember reading about that, but no brilliant pies. You no, know, it would be it would be a dying shame not, not to mention Kidderminster Pies if we're talking about food. Um mm-hmm. but no, I, I think sometimes the kind of be a big part of a big part of an away game <laughs> with, with non league anyway. Um, but then yeah, at the I- same time, I think it's more a lot of non-league food can be better than Premier League food. Because if you go to the Premier League, you tend to get one of those rollover hot dogs, which just looks like processed and they've made about a hundred in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. So when the when the non-league food's good, it could be very good. Um, Stourbridge as well. They've got uh, I believe it's Stourbridge. They've got um, a, an infamous burger, which is quite nice. But I could probably talk about food for far. <laughs>
0: You got as long as you need.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm quite happy um, to talk about food. <laughs> Lemington Le- Le- and Chorley as well. Going back to grounds as well, actually. Um, two two grounds I'm fond of. Um,
0: <laughs> I've uh, yeah, I've seen uh, Lemington play uh, once. I saw them play at Ditka, uh when they were in the. Well, they were in the Southern League back then. Um, yeah, of course, is one of those clubs that kind of flip between the two because of where they are. Um, I'm sure Worcester have been in that that position. In fact, Gloucester were in the when the um in the National League North once, weren't they? And I think they might still be.
1: Um... Yeah, Gloucester were in the the National League North with Worcester. We kind of had the hand of um, with the teams that were kind of in the North and South because of where they felt. Because we had, um, I mean, Worcester I think have always got a good case for being in the North anyway. Um, but I mean, you had teams like Oxford, uh, Oxford, Oxford City, City yeah. Oxford City, Gloucester and Lowestoft were all in the north. Um, Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Because if you looked at just the the proportion of teams as to who was in the north and south, they had to be in there because half of the south teams were all kind of around London.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And imagine that borough and Lowestoft in the same division as well. I mean, just be mad, wouldn't it? I'm sure they have been actually uh, uh, over the last few years. But... uh, yeah. yeah, Truro is a is a is a trek and a half anyway, and Lowestoft, because it's, right, it's it's that's about an eight hour drive, it's just just mad, but
1: uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I I did Lowestoft on a Tuesday night and lost with Worcester, and that was bad. Alone driving from kind of Truro way.
0: <laughs> yeah, quite. quite. Although
1: at the, at the same time, you'd had teams like, um, Barrow. Um yeah. and, and lowest off. Um, if they didn't cross paths, there would have only been kind of, in it, and I can't imagine that's nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Blythe Spartans or any any other teams up that way.
1: Yeah, no, of yeah. course. A, a, a old friend of mine, um, not someone I've spoken to for a while, but d- does some work with Exeter. Uh, lives in lives mm-hmm. in Cornwall and had a lovely yeah. drive up to Barrow last season. Then it got postponed. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I laugh, but we, I'm sure we've all been there, and the had found out that the game's postponed when we get there. Yeah, yes, not one not of nice, our. Um,
1: yeah, no one. One of our um our Worcester games, we had a lower the away, and um my dad and I were going to drive up, and then they called the game off, but uh, they did it about half six in the morning. Um, so no one obviously left. But uh, my dad had actually bought an amplifier on eBay to collect in Bury St. Edmunds, so we had to go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: oh, then, dear.
1: as I said, I've kind of got, like, obviously the same kind of group with, with Malky. I've got friends in, in Lowestoft, so Port Paul, Shirley, and James. Um, so we all went to Norwich Man City in the FA Cup because that was still oh, on nice. and we could get tickets, and we had to go anyway. And we had a. So um, yeah, and... it all worked out very well in the end.
0: And Norwich is a lovely city as well, so yeah, I can imagine uh, imagining had a great day out.
1: Yeah, and we we went to low, so I've been to Lowestoft three times, twice for a Lowestoft game, and then the other time being that that Norwich game. Um, mm. And then we stayed in um, goodness, what's the oh, uh, what's the little town called up up near Lowestoft? The um,
0: uh, not Great Yarmouth.
1: That's the one. Um yeah. and we we stayed there. I have a feeling it was Easter bank holiday weekend. Um mm-hmm. off the top but we stayed there on the uh on on the Saturday night, which was which was nice. Um with with kind of Gainsborough. This this was the, the slightly odd thing, um, was we were at uh, a a Gainsborough game and there was a man that we didn't recognise behind the goal, um, which is usually strange when that happens because there was about like, six of us there and we all knew each other really well. Mm-hmm. Um um uh with a bloke and it turns out he was kind of from Worcester, moved up to to Gainsborough, and thought he'd come and watch a game. Um and we did that, I think we had a drink with him at half time, and then he he got quite into it and started coming to to the games with us. Mm-hmm. Um so we'd be driving okay. from Gainsborough down to what was Agra at the time, and then all, all the away games, and then I added him on Facebook. I mean had a bit of a weird mutual friend, and it turns out well he, he Turns out he went to school and was best friends with my mum, <laughs> <laughs> which was so.
0: Yeah.
1: Now Worcester's kit man, um, still living up in Gainsborough, but he's Worcester's kit man and he's best friends with right. my dad, and it's all just one big weird coincidence. But it's great, and Jed, yeah, Jed, Jed's a great bloke. <laughs> but um, yeah. no, what How small Worcester's is kit the world? Yeah.
0: No, that's a great story. That is that's going in. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah small world so that's okay uh your favorite season
1: uh, uh oh i think again it would have to be the 14 15 with with, the, with that fa cup um mm-hmm. i think i could give different seasons for different reasons but i i think i think the fa cups always always up there um i mean about football in general for me this season's been that we've just come out with has obviously it's been a for everybody um but one thing that has come out of it is that i've been able to watch probably a football um, because what else have i been able to do um yeah so I, I i've just watched pretty much everything and because there's a lot more things i've been televised as well um that weren't before as well so i've had the chance to watch so much more. So I think it's been good in in that aspect, and I'm hoping that kind of in the the coming seasons, um, as things open up and weekends and evenings, I can go and watch a lot more, and yeah. hopefully make some new new things that I'll be able to look back on in a few years.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. And let me just reiterate, or well, not reiterate, because I am iterating it in the first place. Let me just state that there is no such thing as a disgusting amount of football. <laughs> Tell us about your favourite ever away day. Favorite ever? What? Sorry. Your favourite ever away day.
1: Like all of these questions are going to have the same answer, and it's going to be the Rico. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: that's fine. That's fine.
1: Um, I no. As well because I've kind of made friends with with this group of um, fans. Is when we have been been to games that are, that are away, where kind of each other's been, we've all kind of met up. Um, And we've done things like that, so I've got really good memories of of that as well. Um, We've made friends, obviously, like with Jed, with Gainsborough, so we've built in kind of Gainsborough games around doing things up there as well. Mm -hmm. In terms of football, um, it it will be Coventry and it will always be Coventry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've
1: had some very good days out at Leamington as well. I've got some, uh, became very good friends with, with some Leamington. So I've done done some very good games with them. Um, I've been to some games with, with them away. Uh, I remember doing so. They played Stockport away um, on one of my birthdays, and I went up with that, and that was a great day. It will always be Coventry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I figured it would be. So um, this counts for both Worcester or um, or United because uh, mm-hmm. obviously fan of both your favorite current uh or man united player uh
1: luke Shaw.
0: luke Shaw. why is that if if he'd asked me a season
1: (laughs) ago if he'd asked me this time last year then it wouldn't i I wouldn't if his name wouldn't even come into my head um but it is luke Shaw.
0: yeah he's just he's he's just come on loops and bounds hasn't he since since uh marino left and solskjaer took over
1: yeah, absolutely. And then, kind of, for slightly different reasons, Marcus Rashford, but I don't think we even need to say anything on that.
0: No, absolutely. Just a uh, a leader. He's, got, he's certainly turning into a leader of men, that, that man. Just, really just
1: ab- ab- And the, the, what they've done when, obviously, that that mural got destroyed on Sunday. What what they've done to that over here has been incredible to watch. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, just a, a gentleman and a humble man as well, it seems. Hasn't won't, won't ever forget his roots
1: Just somebody uh, okay. that is so young And conducts themselves so well And he's is, is just mm. Not a bad word to say about him He's a wonderful, wonderful person
0: Yeah Yeah, absolutely So, and last but not least Your favourite all-time Worcester Or Man United player
1: Favourite all-time Worcester player I'll give a few for a different reasons. Um, I know my dad will be listening to this, so I will say Mikey Taylor <laughs> for entertainment mm-hmm. factor. Um, M- Mikey Taylor, I think we had in twice, maybe, um, very entertaining <laughs> for many, many different reasons. Um, I think George Williams and Graham Hutchison were great to watch as well.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. that
1: was kind of a FA Cup era. Um, but no, I've I've got some great memories of uh, of, of players like and um, talk about favourite ever United player. Um, I think it's difficult because I think I look back on it for different reasons. He was always kind of based on the age I was when I started watching football. That kind of 2008 era squad um, is is a big one for me. Um, and I went to I went to Michael Carrick's testimonial in 2017. Mm-hmm squad that they played there was pretty much that whole squad but bar Ronaldo um, in his defence yeah. he actually just I believe won the Champions League like two days <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but it was pretty much that whole squad and I think anyone but I was always uh, I, my my shirts always had Rooney on the back and if you ask me now like who's your favourite player like, who do you look back on I wouldn't even be near that list but because of how I view United and how I did as a kid, I think I would have to say Rooney. Um mm-hmm. just because that's it. you've always got that player that was like your footballing hero as a kid, and that was what that was for me at the age I was. Um yeah. and I know a lot of people don't like this person either, but um I think I think Gary Neville's great and I think kind of as a as a pundit what what he does now is great as well.
0: I like him. I really, really enjoy listening to him. I think yeah, he I think really he's brilliant. Well, re- I know really a lot of people don't, but I think he's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but what we, what he does is, you know, he doesn't just give um, sort of routine and mundane punditry. Um, he tries to explain why he holds that view and uses yes. his experience um, to, uh, to 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 great effect. I think. Um, so yeah, I, I I do like Gary Neville. You um, say so you mentioned Wayne Rooney as well, and. Uh, you know, that you can't really there's nothing i could say that would uh, that would really increase people's knowledge of Wayne Rooney he's a United record goal scorer um he was um the a, a record uh, signing for a teenager when he signed hat trick in his first performance um or first united uh, first united game you know um yeah there's very little that you need to say he he was someone that was one of the first players on Sir Alex Ferguson's team sheet wasn't he
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, um, I, I don't know, I think it's just because of the the age I was when he was kind of at, at peak peak Rooney. Um, I think I, I did have the same with Ronaldo, but um, I don't, well, I don't like Ronaldo, but we won't go there. Um, but <laughs> kind of that era of kind of who that player was for me at that time, I think I will always have that and kind of look back on Rooney like that. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't think that will ever kind of, change for me in that way um, obviously if you look at kind of the class of 92 um, then yeah. that d- different kettle of fish but yeah, different sure. reasons because I was obviously uh, well based, based on the age I am I can't look at the class of 92 in the same way that I look at kind of that, that 2008 kind of squad if that makes sense
0: mm-hmm. No absolutely and just going back to your um, your Worcester pick or your two or three names that you that you mentioned but um, I feel like I'm hanging a little bit. You've got to tell us some of the stories about about Mike Taylor. <laughs>
1: um, oh, he, he was. I, I don't. Oh, I wish my dad was here now, so I could get him to give me the words to describe him. Because I don't. I don't think I can. He, he was a uh, c- centre forward, and he was just. He had sparks of brilliance, and then sparks of just. There's one I can just remember very well of being stood behind the goal at St. George's Lane of uh, Mikey Taylor. And I think at one point he had an open goal and he hit the bar like four times <laughs> and then put it wide. And he was just the sort of player that would just do something like that. And it was it was a joy to watch. And he also made you want remember, um, I think it was actually lowest off the way, was his last game for us. And I was particularly disappointed by it. Um, there was Mike Simmons as well, um, who, who played for Worcester. Um good good player. Uh went uh when mm-hmm. Hereford went down for a bit, then came back for a bit. Um I think he was a little bit more suited to below. Um but yeah no, M- Mikey Taylor was, was a joy to watch for many reasons. <laughs> but <laughs> Also I could probably say Tyler Weir as well, in fact, if I talk about City Players, um, as to one of my favourites um as well was there there for a long time. Um and then, then it's Carl Healy without a shadow of a doubt, King Carl. Um yeah. ex player as well. Is that right? Uh, no, no, Carl left um shortly after the uh Carl left. In fact, in fact I could tell him Left in January 2017, mm-hmm. um, and but no, c- c- Cal Healy. F- I think every every Worcester Worcester fan's got absolutely superb memories of Cal Healy.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. That's um, a really really enlightening uh, couple of hours that I've had with you, uh, Millie. And um, thank you very much for your time this evening. Um, and that's a uh, quite a positive uh, place to finish, I think. Um, uh so just a couple of quick uh pointers from me her game mm-hmm. 2 uh you can follow her game 2 on twitter at her game 2 they have a website hergame2.co.uk instagram as well is also at her game 2 there's also the hashtag her game 2 uh there's a recurring theme going on here um give them a follow give them your support and um yeah uh, it's uh it's all for a, for an extremely good cause and uh um, uh, trying to push out sexism in, in football and uh, um, emphasising that the game is for absolutely everybody um, for myself, uh, you can follow Terrace Memoirs on Twitter at Terrace Memoirs, there's a Facebook group of the same name um, and email if you know of anybody that uh, would like to uh, come on the show or you've got any comments or feedback or whatever, there is an email address, Terrace Memoirs at gmail.com um, all this uh, does or leaves me to do is to thank you once again, Millie, for coming on the show, and um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Sounds like you yeah,
1: have. no, thank you very much for having me. It's been brilliant.
0: No, absolutely fine. My pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, you get to um, Worcester's new ground uh, for ground number one hundred uh, pretty soon. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully Worcester start rising up the leagues again because uh, yeah, there are there are they look like uh, from the outside a proud club with a proud history. And uh, one that uh, that that is just just generally welcoming. It sounds like.
1: Yeah. No, we can. Uh, I hope. I really do hope it does go well. Um, we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But good luck to Worcester for the coming season, and uh, and Man United as well. We might as well say that. Well, just to really <laughs> lump, lump them in. Lump them in with the mighty Worcester. Uh, ah, yeah. No, thank is, you uh, very much. No, absolutely fine. And this is uh, Terrace Memoirs. Over and out.